Welcome to the Sussex Studentpreneur Series, the podcast that shines a spotlight on the inspiring world of startups founded by students at the University of Sussex. In each episode, we'll embark on a journey of innovation and resilience as we delve into the captivating stories behind student-founded businesses. We'll explore the triumphs, challenges and lessons learned, providing invaluable insights for aspiring young entrepreneurs who dare to dream big and a deep dive that will help investors fully grasp the potential of these startups. In this episode, we are joined by Jasmine, who is going to tell us about herself and about her startup. Hello, Jasmine. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Berta. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well, thanks as well. Oh, it's so nice to have you. Like, the vibes are immaculate right now. So what about yourself? Would you like to tell everyone who you are and what you're working on at the minute? Okay. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Yasmin Mustafa and I am the founder of Rings. Rings is a brand that offers stylish safety solutions that empower women. Um, so our inaugural product is going to be a three-in-one personal safety alarm, power bank and torch. And it's basically intended to provide stylish, functional and legal options for women who are seeking to protect themselves in Britain um, without breaking the law and compromising on style, functionality, size, those sorts of things. That sounds really good. And some of the styles that you're developing as well are so good. I wish I could show images through the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's quite exciting. Um, and I feel like a lot of people find these kinds of things a little bit daunting and, and frightening and they have kind of a negative energy around them. So having something which is also stylish that you would get compliments on, um, I think is fundamental to encouraging people to carry them around, which in turn, when you actually do find yourself in an emergency, which obviously I hope never is to happen, you have it on hand. Um, but then in the meantime, every day you're taking it with you because it's a portable charger, it's an accessory, you get compliments. So it's it's just, it creates a positive association while also keeping people safe. I would say that it's kind of similar to like hidden vegetables in a bolognese or something like you're packaging it in a, in a nice palatable way. Um, even though of course there's this terrible issue of gender based violence and gender inequality, um, trying to kind of counteract that as far as I can. That's very true and very important. Is that why you decided to start rings? Is that the motivation behind it? Um, so I have a few motivations for starting rings. Um, so in terms of a more broad way, um, I study international development. Well, I studied, I've just graduated. Well, graduating soon. <laughs> <laughs> we're, team, we're team Mike and Boycott. Yes, so absolutely. we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but of course, I'm very interested in, in, in that field, in general, sustainable development goals. And I wanted to find a way that I could contribute to that in, in a way that is interesting to me. I think um, oftentimes development can become quite negative and it can make you feel quite hopeless just because 
there's so many issues in the world and you don't know how to solve them or even contribute to solving them without doing something wrong. Um, so doing something like this, I feel aligns with my values in general. Um, on a more personal note though, um, I think that my interest in personal safety really started probably around 2014. Um, my dad, he's visually impaired and he was randomly attacked one day. So because of his visual impairment, he wasn't able to identify who attacked him and we couldn't identify motives. So the police gave us um, personal alarms just in case like there was someone trying to kill us basically. Um, so it was kind of like, Yasmin, take this with you. You never know what could happen. We don't know who this person was. Um, eventually we did find that person. It was just a random attack genuinely. But that period of time was quite frightening. And um, I didn't feel incentivized to carry around my alarm. It was quite embarrassing, honestly, especially when I was in school. It was ugly. It was like this big thing <laughs> yeah. just like this hideous was it like like a button that you press or yeah it was like a, a key thing that you pull out yep. um and i was just always con like people would say what's that oh personal alarm oh yeah. do you think you are like yeah. <laughs> do you have enemies yeah <laughs> many <laughs> yeah so um I was interested in it because I, I first had no kind of understanding the importance of safety, but not really wanted to take it so seriously because the things that are around are a bit embarrassing and just bulky mm -hmm. and like they're not like majority of the time they're not useful. So it's easy to just say, okay, well, it's negative to even think that I'm going to get attacked. I need to like stop being so anxious. So I'll just leave it at home. Mm -hmm. So I just would leave it at home all the time. Would uh, that work, though, with your anxiety? Would that actually bring the anxiety down? Well, in general, to be honest, personally, I, I do avoid kind of being out at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, I think that is part of like those feelings of anxiety of like yeah. not wanting to be out on your own at night and things like that. When I do have the alarm, though, I'm more likely to, to actually go out yeah. at night, um, especially like the gym and stuff. And it's yeah. dark in the winter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also as a woman in Britain, I can very deeply relate to that, how scary it is sometimes and how, you know, it's it's very unfair. And we could talk about how unfair it is that women need to feel like this in Britain, but that you're doing something to remedy that and to empower women that way is very meaningful. Yeah. And uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. But also I've chosen to target women because I feel that I can most relate to women. Mm -hmm. However, I do feel that in a longer term, um, in the longer term, I would like to kind of make it personal safety cool in a mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, because men are actually the majority of people that are victimized are men mm -hmm. when they're um, out alone. Um, but there's a lot of like a machismo, oh, I'm a man, I shouldn't carry something like this mm -hmm. around, there's no use for it, like this is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. um, so if I can try and make things stylish, multifunctional, then more likely in the long term, more people will benefit positively from it. Absolutely. So I'm targeting women right now, but I hope for the future that everyone can have one. Just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds like a really good, you know, future plans to have and really good goals to have. In terms of what you've done so far, 
what would you say are some of the challenges that you've been able to overcome or some of the wins as well that this project has accumulated? Um, this project, I would say, has been quite stressful because, you know, I'm new to this and mm -hmm. I'm kind of just wading through murky waters. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so, for instance, my first idea was um, an iteration of the existing personal safety keychains that are around now. So mm -hmm. where you have like multiple components. And my intention was to make them of a higher quality because um, the they are actually I, I haven't seen an example where they aren't. They are all poor quality products. Mm -hmm. I've never seen one where they're actually high quality ever. Um, so knowing how poor quality they are, I wanted to kind of build better alarms and maybe more ethical materials and have a more ethical supply chain because a lot of these products are coming from China but then we don't have a lot of information about how they're being made and and if we can hold the manufacturers accountable um, so that was my original idea to create a keychain however I very quickly discovered <laughs> that creating a multi-component keychain is very difficult when you have no capital and you're a startup each individual component can cost thousands of pounds to create so I really had to iterate on my idea and, and choose something that I could the minimum version of a product and um, I had to like kind of segue into what now has become the final product which I actually prefer mm -hmm. but it was quite stressful because I had this idea. I was super excited about it. And then suddenly you can't do it. And yeah. then you're, you're stuck. You haven't got an idea until you come up with that next idea and you innovate. It's so frightening. Yeah. So I think that was like the main point of stress for me. Obviously also trying to find funding, but it's very early in the journey. Yeah. Um, in terms of successes, I mean, I've been very fortunate to have won Startup Sussex. That was a huge achievement considering the fact that when I submitted my application, it was the most oversubscribed year ever and um, it was just an idea. Um, so that just felt very good for me. I feel very affirmed and very validated by by that win. So I think that's my biggest win. And also being on the accelerator with Berta. <laughs> <laughs> oh now she's just saying that so I can produce a podcast quickly yeah but I gave her chocolates as well <laughs> <laughs> I've been bribed I can officially say that I've been bribed for this <laughs> podcast um that that sounds really good and you've mentioned Startup Sussex and obviously the Accelerator so I guess the next natural question would be to ask you about the support that the entrepreneurship team has given you and how that has looked like for you and what you have enjoyed most about it I would be nothing without the entrepreneurship team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jessica Banks. <laughs> we shouldn't think on anyone out, so we're going to no. say Luke and Helena as well. Luke and Helena as well, obviously. And um, honourable mention to Joshua. <laughs> yeah. Hope you're listening from anywhere in the world you are. Yeah, but genuinely, I, I have found that the support here has been really great, second to none, honestly, um, for the early stage that I'm at to have the amount of support and guidance that I'm getting I'm really grateful for it and the connections that I've been able to make like being connected with um, Darren for instance Darren mm -hmm. Tenkarang um, you I wouldn't have an opportunity to speak to someone like that usually um, so being part of the entrepreneurship kind of 
what would you call this like sphere. provision yeah provision at this university has been great and actually um this opportunity has 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 really kind of made me feel connected to the university because mm -hmm. obviously we were like pandemic students yeah. and didn't really have a lot of opportunities to kind of get involved with uni so I started getting involved in the final year and I really feel like it's really helped to kind of consolidate my university experience so it's been really great. That's amazing that's amazing that you say that and now that you're graduating what does the future look like for for rings for you? Um, for rings I think that um, I've got a well-defined roadmap of the kinds of things I know that I need to do um, and I'm excited to get started. There are some things that are held back by a lack of funding, but I know roughly what I can do for the next year or so. Um, for me personally, I'll be beginning my um, master's in September. Fun, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to be studying global health policy. <gasps> nice. Yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. Um, and I think it kind of interjects with Ring's kind of wellness and safety. It does. Yeah. Well, there's such a personal story behind Ring's that it would have been really weird if it hadn't related to your master's, which you're also doing because yeah. it relates to your personally so much. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it's quite exciting. I'm excited for the future. I hope, I hope that I can make this happen. It definitely is a tumultuous journey, I would say. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's very rewarding and it's very exciting. And I I feel scared often, but the fear is not necessarily a negative feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very kind of, if I feel scared in the same breath, I feel very excited. That's so, good. Yeah. That's how you know you're actually in the right path. If it's not exciting, yeah. then you're doing something wrong. Exactly. I'm doing so I definitely feel like I'm doing something that is in alignment with my own values and ideals and I feel quite passionate about trying to make this happen. So I'm I'm excited about it honestly. Nice. Would you like to share some of your one year long plans or like the next year plans that you're working on? Uh yeah, of course. So um in the coming year I'd like to work really hard on building a preemptive audience. Mm -hmm. um, for the brand um, based off of my market research I've noticed that a lot of product-based brands nowadays are launching um, off the back of a big audience already through social media content creation kind of building the brand in front of the world so that's what I'm intending to do um, hopefully by the end of the year if I can secure some funding <laughs> I'd love to get down to getting the product designed and, and going in going through that process which is also a hugely long road um, but if I could um, gather the funding to design the product then I could get started on trying to get IP and those sorts of things yeah, so, yeah. that sounds really good well now that obviously you're looking for funding I guess my question it's going to be if there's anyone listening to this episode that wants to support you wants to help you whether that's investors expert experts you know anyone what type of help or support are you welcoming at the moment um i'm welcoming people that are passionate about what i'm talking about and what i'm interested in um, people who know about um, product-based businesses and also financial support <laughs> um, funding would be really great and and having access to guidance and mentorship i would really appreciate yeah that sounds that sounds really good are you planning in your future 
plans. Are you planning to only make the product? Is that the end goal of this company? Um, no. Um, in the long term, I'd love to have a wide range of products. I'd also like to leverage um, the audience that I build um, to build an alternative platform as well, um, where maybe I could produce videos, documentaries, um, content. So I, I'd like it to be kind of a multi-pronged business overall. Um, definitely not just one product. I already have a lot of ideas for other products um, in my mind. <laughs> nice. Well, it's, it's going to be a really good one as well. Like, I feel like Rinks is such a nice brand name that it gives you that opportunity. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. I actually, um, rings, it's like a key ring and it rings. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's so smart as well. And then I made it Z because it's cool, but it's also like Generation Z. Yeah, yeah so. so so much going into it. Yeah. And that that's great. Um, I guess in terms of product, when you're talking about, we talked in the, in the beginning of the episode about how it's going to be stylish does that mean that in the future you're planning to make it customizable? Is our customers going to be able to in any way influence how these kitchens look? Um, I would love if I can scale up my operations in a way where that's possible. Of course, people should be able to personalize. But um, in the smaller scale, by building that um, preemptive audience, I would like to involve my future customers in the design process and, and what kind of things they'd like to see on the designs. And that may very well inform how the final product looks. So um, yeah, I, I hope that everything can, can be customizable, but later down the line, because that costs a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah. But it, it's really good that you're taking that community aspect of it. And because you also have plans in the future to build that and expand that, you're making sure that that is a key aspect from day zero, from even before you start selling the product. Absolutely. That makes that makes sense. I think that you've covered all of my questions that I had for you today, but is there any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience or with me? Um, I would like to thank you, Berta, for setting up this podcast. Um, go and support Social Impact Newbie. <laughs> um, thank you to the University of Sussex and Sussex Innovation for putting together all of these great activities and the accelerator. Um, I'm super excited about our demo day next week. And um, I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today, Jasmine. Thank you very much, Bert. Bye. <laughs> this series was hosted and produced by Berta Santos, and it was a collaboration between the entrepreneurship team at the University of Sussex and 76 Podcasting, the student-led podcasting network also at the University of Sussex. The jingle in this series is a snippet of the song If You Lived Here You'd Be Radioactive By Now by Aldous Ignite.